Hello, and welcome to Slush, a publishing podcast. I'm your host, Eric Harden, and on this, the inaugural episode of Slush, I'll be telling you all about who I am, what this podcast is, and what I hope it does. So, to start out, I'd like to introduce you to who I am. And one of the questions that I plan to ask every guest on this podcast in the future is how they got to where they are in publishing. So I'm going to start out by answering that question as a way to introduce myself and who I am and why I'm doing this podcast. So first, I want to talk about why publishing? Why did I choose this, let's face it, difficult industry? I originally decided I wanted to work in publishing in the sixth grade. There were three main experiences that I had as a child that led me to this decision. The first was in my sixth grade English class, and we were getting some kind of grammar lesson. I can't remember the specifics. But Mrs. Christ, my teacher, was standing at the front of the room using like one of those transparent projectors on the front screen. And she was writing something down, something to do with grammar, like I said, and she misspelled a word as she was writing it. And my small child brain was shocked. I was so shocked. Like, how is it possible that Mrs. Christ, a learned woman who knows English, a woman who, like, she is English to me, and she didn't know how to spell this word, I was floored. So I raised my hand, I corrected her spelling, and she thanked me and moved on like any normal human would because we all make mistakes. It's totally normal to spell something wrong every now and then. But I was having a revelation in that moment, truly. For some reason, my hubris as a child, I don't know what it was, but I was convinced in that moment that I was a genius and that I had to study English, that it was a calling, that it was fate. I don't know (laughs) where that self-confidence went because it certainly doesn't exist in my brain anymore. But yeah, I was convinced that it was my destiny to study English. Like there was no other choice. So that was number one. And then number two, I read this book called A School Story by Andrew Clements. And in the book, it's about this young girl. She's in middle school and her mother's an acquisitions editor. And her mother is talking to her one day about how there's a dearth of middle grade novels that are like actually good and authentic and speak to the experience of being in middle school. So the daughter decides, oh, if you want a book, I'll write it. So she starts writing this book. She shows it to her best friend and her best friend is like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. You should publish this. And so the two girls team up to trick the main character's mom into publishing the book without knowing that it's her daughter's book. And so through hijinks and subterfuge and all kinds of fun stuff, they get her book published by her mom. And then at the end of the book, they like reveal to her mom that she was actually the author of the book the whole time. And it's a very fun story. It's really sweet. It's heartfelt. I mean, I reread it recently and I teared up a little at certain points. So it's a very good story. It holds up quite well. But I was enamored with this book. And I think most kids who read it would think, oh, I want to write my own stories. Like, It very much glamorizes writing and it really explains the whole authorship process. But little Eric needed to be an acquisitions editor after reading that book. I was like, oh my gosh, there's a job where you get to read books and then decide what books get published. That's my job. So from then on, I was like, I'm working in books. I do not care. And then the third event, unfortunately, centers around a horrible woman. She is the author of a beloved children's series, and she is also a turf. I will not say her name because I do not support her in any way, but she does unfortunately play a role in my decision to work in publishing. So She Who Must Not Be Named had a documentary made about her around the time that I was in middle school, or at least that's when I saw it on TV. And it was talking about how she 
had to go to like 10 to 12 different publishers. I can't remember the exact number, but she went to several different publishers with the first book of the series and got rejected by like all of them. And it was just shocking to me as a kid. I couldn't imagine that anyone could read the first book in this series and not immediately want to publish it. I mean, also I was again a child, so like I didn't exactly have the most critical eye at the time, but those books were so important to me as a kid that I was just flabbergasted that anyone could reject them in any way. So after that, after watching that documentary, I was like, okay, so I need to work in publishing because I need to help find these books. Again, the hubris. Why did I think that I was like the one person to solve the publishing industry? I don't know. But yeah, in that moment, I decided books are for me and it truly never changed. I never wavered in my determination to work in publishing. And here I am working in publishing. So dreams sometimes do come true. So with that said, I did go on to study English. I went to Michigan State University where I got a bachelor's degree in English with focuses in communication and popular culture. I graduated in 2017. And then shortly before graduation, I got a job as an office assistant with the state of Michigan. And then the following summer after graduation, I attended the Denver Publishing Institute, DPI, uh, which is a four-week graduate-level course all about book publishing in Denver, Colorado. So I went to that program over the summer, and I had a really wonderful experience. Like, truly, I learned so much, made wonderful connections. But the two most important things that happened there were two, like, revelations that I had. The first was to create this podcast, funnily enough, and I will get into that more later. And then the second revelation happened while I was visiting Perseus Books Group in Boulder, Colorado. The entire class went on a field trip there to like meet some people in the industry, talk to them about their jobs, you know, network, all of that stuff. And so while we were there, we were doing a tour of the office and like hearing individually from all the different departments and the work that they do. And I met a managing editor there and he described his job as a mix of scheduling, organizing and copy editing. And those words just hit me in the gut. And I was like, oh my gosh, this job was literally designed for me to do it. Because up to that point, I knew for sure, even before DPI, that I did not want to be an editor. It just did not sound like a good career for me. I wanted a work-life balance. And unfortunately, at least right now, the way the editorial is in publishing, you just do not, you cannot have a life and be an editor. It's just really not that possible. So I knew that editorial was not for me. And I also didn't particularly like marketing or sales or any of the other things that we had discussed in the class. So I just like going into the second to last day of the program, I was a little demoralized because I was like, I don't know exactly what department I want to be in. There's some that are interesting and maybe I would like them, but there's nothing that like sparks anything in me. And the only thing that I was even like partially interested in was copy editing. But most copy editing in the industry now is freelance. And I just knew that I did not want to have a freelance career because I wanted, you know, stability. I wanted health insurance. I wanted all of that. So it just wasn't an option, but it was something that I was interested in. And so to hear this managing editor describe his job as scheduling, organization, and copy editing was like music to my ears. So immediately I was like, this is the job for me. How do I get this job? I need to have it. So after we were done with our tour, I truly stalked around the office trying to find this man. He maybe had left. I don't know where he went, but I could not find him. I was going up to like people that I hadn't met before being like, where is this man? How do I take his job? And he was nowhere to be found. So after the program ended, I reached out to one of the administrators and she put me in touch with him. And we had a really great networking conversation where he gave me a lot of great advice about how to build up my resume so that I could better prepare myself for the job search specifically in managing editorial. And so I decided then that I would take a year 
This was, again, the summer of 2018. I decided to take a year to continue working at my job in the state of Michigan as an office assistant and also to build up my resume and to save money because I knew I wanted to move to New York the following year. So during that year, I got a copy editing certificate from the University of California, San Diego. I got a project management certificate through a local community college. And I also took on additional project management work in my role at the state of Michigan. And that was because managing editorial is often very project management based. So it was really good to build up my resume in that way. And so after that year of a lot of saving, a lot of scrimping, a lot of extra work, I moved to New York in June of 2019. And I pretty quickly um, in late July, I found a part-time position with McGraw-Hill as an editorial coordinator, which was a good first experience. I definitely got more project management experience, which was great because I wanted to keep building that skill. But ultimately, it was just not the job for me. Again, it was part-time and no health insurance, and it just wasn't what I wanted. So pretty much immediately after getting the job, I was like, well, I'm not going to stop looking. So I kept applying, and basically any managing ed assistant job that came up, I applied for. Um, And so then the position that I would end up getting, the managing editorial assistant job with Macmillan Children's, which is the job that I used to have before I was promoted, opened or was posted in October of 2019. And so I applied, interviewed, and got the job. So I've been with Macmillan now, MCPG, for more than two years. Like I said, I started as a managing editorial assistant, and I was recently promoted in October of 2021 to assistant managing editor. And in in addition to my work with Macmillan, I'm also the current chairperson of the Children's Book Council's Early Career Committee, which, if you don't know, is a committee dedicated to developing the careers of young professionals in children's publishing. So we do learning events, networking events, panels, all kinds of enriching events for young professionals. Um, It's a really great group. If you work at a children's publisher, definitely reach out. We have a lot of great resources for you and opportunities and such, etc. Anyway, so that's all to say, this is who I am. (laughs) I am relatively new to the industry. And so I do want to put out there early on into this podcast that I do not claim to be an expert. I am not an expert on publishing. I am not an expert on this industry. And so I am not creating this podcast as a way to educate from my own brain. Like the goal of this podcast is to educate people through the episodes that I create. But I am not claiming to be the educator. I am hoping to bring in people to educate others. This podcast is as much an opportunity for me to learn about the industry as it is for the listener. And honestly, I'm really excited about this opportunity to learn because publishing is, if you don't know, a very mentorship-based industry, which is great in a lot of ways because really you don't need a ton of education to work in publishing. You just need experience and growth and like opportunity, which has its own issues, of course. But the thing about publishing is oftentimes you don't really learn much about the industry as a whole. You really learn about your niche area of the industry. And I've just always been so fascinated by this industry that I want to learn all of it. I want to know everything. And so this podcast is an opportunity for me to do that while also helping others learn about this industry. So now that you know who I am and why I'm here, let's talk about how this podcast came to be. As I mentioned before, while I was at Denver, I had the idea for this podcast. And it came about mostly because I was and still am a very big fan of podcasts. I listen to them more than I listen to music in my daily life. I just love having a conversation in my ears. And so while I was attending DPI, I was looking around on all of the places I could find podcasts to try to find something about book publishing specifically. And everything I found was pretty much focused on helping authors get published. 
which no knocking there. It's a wonderful thing. Like being an author is so difficult. I can't even imagine. So it makes complete sense that they would need support and education and resources and all of that through podcasts. But I had no interest and I have no interest in being an author. I don't want to be published. I want to do the publishing. So it was just kind of frustrating that there was not really a podcast doing what I wanted it to do, teaching me in the way that I wanted to be taught. So um, I had the idea like, oh, hey, if there's nothing there, make it yourself. So I've been thinking about making this podcast for almost four years now, and it's finally happening. So (laughs) it took a while, but here we are. It's coming to fruition. And so I think a question that a lot of people will have is why you chose this name. So for those that don't know what slush is, a slush pile is a kind of somewhat antiquated publishing term. It's not used super often anymore, and we'll get into in later episodes why that is. But a slush pile used to be a literal pile of manuscripts that would come in unsolicited from authors around the country. So an author would print out their manuscript of their book. It could be, I I don't even know how many pages, but they were like huge bricks of printer paper. And they would mail them into a publisher and the publisher would pile them up in a pile, stack them up and in like a corner of the office or wherever. And then every once in a while, some unlucky editorial assistants would be tasked with reading the slush pile. And sometimes, very rarely, you would find a gem, an amazing book that needed to be published. But 99% of it, that's a made up number, but let's be real, 99% of it was not good. So it became a very arduous task and like not fun, I don't think, for editorial assistants. And so when I was thinking about what to name this podcast, I really liked the idea of naming it after the slush pile for a couple of reasons. Number one, because I liked that it was a nod to publishing's past because this podcast is all about learning about this industry. I liked that it was kind of an antiquated term that's not really used anymore, but it's like still so intrinsically publishing. And so I liked that kind of parallel. And then also this podcast is its own slush pile in a way because I'm super passionate about it. Like this podcast is my manuscript essentially in this metaphor and no one asked for this. (laughs) There's not one person in this world who came to me and said, hey, Eric, you should make a podcast about publishing. This is my own passion project. So in a way, this podcast is one of the manuscripts in the slush pile of podcasting. And so, yeah, I just thought it was a really fun title. It was also short and catchy, and I, I just really like it. So that is why this is Slush, a publishing podcast. And so now that we've covered the name, I think we should cover what this podcast will actually be talking about. This podcast is going to be all about the book publishing industry, specifically trade publishing. And I'm hoping that through this podcast, I'll be able to give listeners a complete overview of the work that goes into publishing books as a career. Everything from editorial to marketing to sales to managing editorial to subsidiary rights to supply chain to production to design to like everything, all of the departments, all of the different types of work that go into making books a reality for customers. I want to cover all of that. I'm specifically focusing on trade publishing. Eventually, I might expand into other topics. Maybe. I'm not sure yet. But I'm focusing on trade publishing for a couple of reasons. Number one, because it's the type of publishing that I work in. So, you know, it's the type of publishing I know things about to uh, to a certain degree. And it's also the the industry that I have access to people in. I don't really have access to people in textbook publishing per se. So, you know, it wouldn't really make sense for me to start a publishing podcast about textbook publishing. And then also, 
because it's the type of publishing I work in, it's also the type of publishing I'm most interested in. And so if I'm going to spend hours of my life creating a podcast that I'm not getting paid for, I want to be interested in it. And I'm so fascinated by trade publishing specifically. And also, I think a lot of people are too. I mean, I don't have statistics on this, but I'd be willing to bet that a good number of people that want to work in publishing specifically want to work in trade publishing. And it makes sense. I mean, you know, trade publishing is all the books that we see on bookshelves, the fantasy, the YA, the romance, the history, the science fiction, you know, all of these are trade books. And so it makes sense that a lot of people would want to work in trade specifically. And so I'm excited to have this podcast be a resource for all of those people that do want to work in trade. And on that on that line, my goals for this podcast, there are a few. The first goal is that this is a free alternative as an educational resource. I was very fortunate to attend Denver Publishing Institute. And there are many people in this industry who have attended similar institutes or other further education in order to work in publishing. And while that is an option and it is a good option if you're able to afford it, most people are not able to afford it. And so I wanted to try in my own little way to do something to help even the playing field a little. Like, obviously, I don't think that this podcast will fix all of the problems in publishing. It's just I don't have that power in my small role in my company. But I'm hoping that this small thing that I'm doing can maybe have a small effect on others, even if it's not everyone in the industry. Just like truly, if one person listens to this podcast and is helped by it, then I will have done my duty. So that's the first goal. I just want this to be like a free opportunity for people to learn more about this industry that has historically been so difficult to learn about. And then I also want this to be a resource for people, even people that aren't new to the industry, who are like me and who are interested in learning more. I want it to be a fun way for people to continue educating themselves, even if they already are in their career in publishing. And then finally, I want to be able to offer a bunch of resources on Slush's website, which is slushpod.com, S-L-U-S-H-P-O-D dot C-O-M. I'm hoping to have an extremely thorough list of resources, like my end goal, which I don't know that I'll ever make it there, but the goal in my heart is to have such robust resources on the website that if you ever wanted to know something about publishing, at least at a like basic level, like I'm not saying it's going to be the end-all be-all of publishing knowledge, but I want it to be the place to go to find out about publishing. Like that is the goal. Will I ever get there? Who knows? But that is the goal, uh, one of the goals of this podcast. I also want to talk about how these episodes will be structured going forward. Um, This episode obviously is an introductory episode, so (laughs) most episodes will not be just me talking to myself. Um, Most of the episodes going forward will be interview-based, but the first four episodes after this introductory episode, I'm planning for them to serve as kind of an introductory course for publishing. So my goal is like, if you listen to the next four episodes of this podcast in order or not in order, whatever, if you just listen to the four episodes, then you'll have at least a very base level of understanding of what this industry is so that as you dive into deeper topics, you have like a frame of reference to go off of. Because I just imagine someone starting at an episode talking about the intricacies of working in subsidiary rights and being like, what is subsidiary rights? I don't understand any of these words. How can I even access any of this information? Because the leap will be just too far. So I'm hoping that these few episodes in the beginning will be like that introductory course that sets you up to better understand future episodes that will be much more in-depth and much more specific. So some topics in the first few episodes will be like, what is publishing as an introduction? What is a publisher? What is an imprint? Like that kind of information. And then there's going to be an episode about the different departments in publishing. There's going to be an episode about publishing vernacular, all the different terms and acronyms and confusing things. 
And then also how a book is made physically from like manuscript to books on shelves. Like here's how a book is made physically. Just so we all have a good frame of reference of all the work that goes into it. So that's the structure of the first few episodes. And then, like I said earlier, all episodes following that will be interview based. So I'll like if I'm talking about editorial that week, I'll bring in an editor who can talk about their experience working in editorial. So it won't be me always telling you things. It'll be me asking questions of the professionals who actually do the work that we're learning about. Because again, I am not an expert (laughs) in anything really in this industry. So I'm bringing on the experts to teach us both. And so, yeah, I'm hoping that this podcast will be a resource for people who listen. I'm hoping that you enjoy it. I'm hoping that you're not bored by it. If you're going to invest time in listening to me ramble, I'm hoping that it'll be worthwhile. I hope it's engaging. I hope it's fun. I hope it's useful. I don't want... I'm. My biggest fear is that people will spend hours listening to this podcast and gain nothing from it. So I'm hoping to be able to offer listeners a worthwhile experience that helps them find and improve their careers in this very difficult industry. So with that said, thank you so much for listening to this inaugural episode. I am so grateful to you for taking the time to listen to this episode, giving me a chance. After you listen, please reach out to me if you have any advice, if you have any suggestions, if you have any questions, please reach out. You can find Slush online at www.slushpod.com. You can also follow Slush on Twitter at SlushPod. There are forms on the website slushpod.com in order to submit questions to let me know about things that I might have gotten wrong or things that I missed but yeah that is the episode thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this episode for giving this little podcast a chance I hope that you enjoy it I hope that it's useful for you and that you gain real education and insight from it and I hope that you have a wonderful day thank you so much for listening and have a great day bye-bye Thank you for listening to this episode of Slush. Please visit slushpod.com where you'll find episode transcripts, free resources, and forms to submit questions and feedback. You can also follow Slush on Twitter at slushpod, and if you are so inclined, please rate and review the podcast. Slush is hosted and produced by Eric Harden. Slush's logo was designed by Shelby Pack, and its theme music comes from the song Good Luck Charm by Olive Music. Any views expressed on the podcast are personal and do not reflect the opinions or interests of the hosts or guests' employers. Thank you again for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.